This is Grace. And this is Zach. Welcome to The Human Factor, where we discover common points of reference from culture and the built environment that we, as humans, navigate every day. We hope that you walk away from our conversations with new ideas and maybe some inspiration. This is The Human Factor. All right. So, first things first. How is your evening going? Oh, it's going good. Just been chasing around a little shit all day. Oh, oh yeah, I was there the whole time. <laughs> yes, we've been oh. chasing around a little one-year-old. He literally controls our lives at this point. We did not have a good weekend with him. I think this is an SOS. Um, yeah. We have an over-controlling one-year-old, and I'm nervous. I'm scared for my life. He's literally running our lives. He's bullying me. Um, literally slapping us in the face. You know, I always, like, thought of parenting as what, you know, you used to see on, like, the TV show Caillou or something where the parents were, like, total nerds. Yeah. And now I'm like, this is the most hardcore shit you could ever do. Well... <laughs> like, this is not for the week. Yeah, I mean, Leo is a very sweet boy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he just got sick... A couple of days ago, with we think it was hand, foot, and mouth, but the nah, I don't really know if that's what it was. What do you? Why do you think he was like having feverish symptoms? I think he was just teething, and it could have been an adverse reaction to the flu shot and all of his other vaccines. Either way, whatever happened with him is he turned into a demon child, and he's no longer our son. I don't know where our son went, <laughs> but... I don't know, and I'm trying to get... I have all these things that I'm trying to do, like my hobbies. Oh, yeah. We got to shout out um, Grace's new Etsy shop. Actually, yeah. it's both of our Etsy shop because we're going to be putting together projects through that website for um, you know for the next duration of our of our furniture remodeling and also why don't you tell everybody what you're up to i've been working on house portraits and this actually i feel like my infatuation for houses started way back when my mom used to take me out to the village of brockport and we would just go out for long drives every sunday me and her together and we would look at all these houses and my grandfather would do that with me all the time too so i always like had this appreciation for old villagey type houses and just distinct architectural houses. You know, I've always been infatuated with architecture anyway. Right. So then a couple years go by. Of course, I go to architecture school and whatnot, and I work at a firm all the time during the day, but I'm still looking for, like, some creative hobby to do in the meantime. So, and I used to draw all the time in high school, so I just kind of was like, you know, let me try this out. Let me just see where it takes me. It's fun. I've been kind of consumed with it. Working, at, I'm working on a house almost every night. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's fine. Now I'm going to be helping out soon. We're just waiting for our other light board to come in the mail. Yeah. I'm really... I'm not much of a drawer myself. Um, you're really the drawer in the family. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. Well, I'm also really good at painting. Um, I would say my best medium is acrylics. So... The drawing is a little bit different, especially I'm coloring with marker, mm -hmm. and that's always been a challenge for me. Anything marker, colored pencil, yeah, I, honestly, crayon. Ugh. I don't even think I could do a marker rendering. But the watercolor water, paint water is color. unforgiving, but it's fun. But watercolor, I, for some reason, I, it good? clicks a little bit more with me. 
Um, I'm not. It's the best hard. At it, and I bet I honestly didn't fully dive into it like I should have because when mm-hmm. I when I was in Italy, and we did the the watercolor, uh, unit for sketching. Yeah. Class. Uh, I didn't have like, uh, a sketchbook with water paper. So I was yeah. sick of buying water paper to do my sketches on because it was a different size than my sketchbook and I was, wasn't yeah. able to just like put it in there. So I I did like a couple of my sketchbook and after I ruined a couple pages, I was like, this is like, I, I didn't want to do any more watercolor. I was like, I'll just rather sketch with pen. I think you would really like it. Um, you know, I, when I was in Sorrento, Italy, I bought a really cheap paint, like watercolor set. And I think that between that and just not having the right tools and materials really is something that I've found time and time again has hindered me in college. And you know what? You might as well just invest. Even yes. if, like, I don't care. Like, I, was, I wasn't I was absolutely broke, but I didn't have a lot of money when I was in college. But I still wish that I would have just, you know... Worked a little harder on the weekend. Worked a little harder. And spent you know, all my money on um, actual good tools to get me through college. But it... I think part of the problem was I may have not known what the best tools were. Yeah. And I was just ignorant and I didn't want to spend money on things that, I, that you know, weren't good. So I would end right. up buying the cheap stuff. Yeah. And I, so that's the thing. If I could go back and like tell my 18 year old self anything, it would be, don't be afraid to invest in the proper materials and supplies it takes to, to get the job done because it'll make your life so much better it'll make all the things you're enjoying so that much more enjoyable and just since we've been able to have the resources since we started working full-time our life has gotten so nice by all the things we're convenienced by now yeah because we've just understood that it's important to invest invest in technology invest in you know art supplies technology is a whole nother ball game but yeah, I think it's absolutely important to invest in technology. Well, yeah, especially when we're starting this business now, yeah. uh, we're gonna have to invest in some actual tools, like wood tools and yeah. Um, so this is our creative side hustle. In, in art supplies, which is uh, it's not too expensive not, at all. It's yeah. not a big upfront cost. But as we grow our business, we're gonna be constantly reinvesting the money that we get whatever revenue we get from the business, we're going to just reinvest that into the business so that we can actually grow something. Explore into different mediums. So I'm doing the house portraits. And like I said, that's paper, that's working with markers, uh, you know, the black pen markers, and then also the alcohol-based markers and the watercolor. Um, So I'm using those different mediums, but we're going to explore some other mediums. Another, it's almost like a side business is our furniture remodel in our furniture flipping stuff that's not really even related to the house portrait no it's another it's, side no, hustle we, that we have we're gonna yeah we're gonna just sell stuff like that on on our etsy shop like refinished um can you shout out the name again yeah so the name is retsicor and it's spelled r-e-t-s-e-h space c-o-r that's the name of my new etsy shop so go check me out I would super appreciate it. And um, I'm actually offering a 20% discount from November 1st until December 1st. So it'd be a perfect place to stop by and get somebody a nice portrait of their house. It's a really thoughtful gift. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
just go on and check uh shout out the instagram where people could just go out and check the pic uh portraits that you've done so far and i know that you're you're still in the early stages of it and you're you're developing more as we speak so it might be a little early for yeah i have some photos up though of things i've been working on largely this past week so my instagram is at r-e-t-s-e-h-c-o-r underscore portraits so that's retsicorp underscore portraits on instagram the side business is well underway which that was a huge goal for me to get up and running by the end of the year and i think it's important to have side hustles i'm i'm like dragging my feet to get into a side hustle but i know that it's something i really truly do want to do and i'm absolutely lazy at doing anything outside (laughs) of my work that i'm supposed to be doing because i just feel like it could be crazy having a child it's not it's energizing though to do something for you i think it's really important yeah and that's what what i'm kind of getting at is that in the end it definitely is going to be worth it so i'm glad that i'm glad that we're actually starting something and and i just want to mention that productivity plus cooperation equals dopamine so anytime that you are being productive especially with somebody else and then you guys are putting something out like there's some kind of output that you both can simultaneously feel a rush of dopamine from doing that like that's how you that's an equation to generate dopamine yeah for sure i i think that there's something to that like if you just sit home and i'm believe me i'm totally guilty of this but if every day after work you just get home and you know you kick your shoes off maybe uh, put something in the microwave to eat and just watch Netflix until you, you zonk out. Mm. Like, that's not the best use of your evening. No, it's not a fulfilling life, really. And that's the one thing I was worried that taking on too many things because we're doing the podcast, we do the furniture flipping. I'm really into stocks, so I dedicate at least, you know, probably five to ten hours a month doing my stock stuff. And um, what was I saying? This house portrait thing. Between all those other things we're kind of doing on the side, um, I was worried about taking more stuff on. But A, I think I function the best when I have more stuff on my plate. And B, it's not like doing a side job like Instacart or something else that's not really in our realm of creativity. It's just like a fun expression, and it doesn't really matter how profitable we're going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I really agree. Um, I think I also function well when I have more stuff on my plate. I think a big problem that I run into at work sometimes is that I'm only working on uh, a single project at a time. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I do have other projects going on, but oftentimes they'll fall in the background, uh, be, be put on pause, and then I'll just be working on one um sole project for it it could be days sometimes it could be weeks yeah but usually you know it's not that long where i'm staying on one project for a very long time but i i can't operate that way like i need to be constantly working on other things so that i can take mental breaks from one project and focus it on another project because if i if i sit in my desk all day and work on the same project for eight hours like multiple days in a row i will get bored of it you know i I actually yeah speaking of not performing as well when i'm on this 
one project and I have an extended period of time to do it and I'm not like crunched and down to the wire, I actually make more mistakes that way than when I'm in the 11th hour and down to the wire when, yeah, for when a I, deadline. When I'm crunched for time and... It's my best work. Yeah. As soon as I feel that pressure come on, I think I work the most diligent. Like I will literally work as diligent as I have for three weeks prior. That's (laughs) why, no, you know what? That's why they say um, C students wind up becoming the boss of A students or, you know, A students wind up working for C students is because the C students tend to be procrastinators, but that only means that they wind up developing smarter ways to do things quicker and faster in less amount of time. It's just the theory that people have. Yeah, well, I also just think that I'm lazy, and <laughs> I've Well, no, laziness is actually I, a good quality. Well, yeah, because I've developed um, a lot of fast workarounds for stuff yep. by being lazy because I'm so lazy that I, I will do anything to save time. Work smarter, not harder is really what it is. Yes. I have this theory that your negative traits actually can be your superpowers, and I really like to deconstruct that. Like, you probably think of yourself as lazy but how can that work for you well here's here's the thing is you can definitely use negative traits that you have and flip them on their head and make them positive traits yeah but i think that i mean two things can be true at once like my my negative my negative traits can work out positive sometimes like in the instance of since i'm so lazy i find out how to do things faster right but at the same time, since I'm so lazy, I will procrastinate things for days and days and days and days and then end up not doing anything. I've wasted a bunch of time. Yeah. Like, I could have actually been using that time, even if I wasn't focusing on the thing that I was procrastinating against. I could be using that time to do something else. That's why it almost, like, short-circuits the problem when we are under the gun because under the gun is just the same feeling as being in constant procrastination mode because you're in that end stage of procrastination when you have to scramble to get everything turned in, but you're in that for the eight hours of the day. Yeah. And because the deadline is coming and there's all this work and not enough time. That's essentially what procrastination is. So um, that's why I say that you probably do better when you have multiple projects because you can alternate that timing. Um, So it, you know, you can, and you can make shorter deadlines because instead of having, um, like, let's say you have a month to do something instead of having, and you have one project, let's say you have two projects in a month to do both those tasks, then it kind of, as you're splitting your time 50, 50, your deadlines are getting shorter. It's really like you only have 15 days if you have two projects going on at once, hmm. you know? It's so hard for me when I have a deadline that's so far in the future, um, I can't even pretend, like, I can't even trick my brain into procrastinating or into not procrastinating because I can't even be like, just pretend that it's due next week because I literally won't. You know. As long as I know that the de- the deadline is at a certain date, I'm going to procrastinate it. But can you make, <laughs> like, micro goals, like, weekly goals? It's, like, it's so hard for me. I don't know why. I don't know if my brain just doesn't operate that way or if I'm just literally that lazy, but... What's funny is I think most architects are your type, and I'm, like, quite the opposite. 
you are a little bit in everything. I also believe that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Um, and I believe that you're the type to procrastinate and you're, you have a slower approach to things and you're a little bit more lagging your feet where I'm like too fiery. And <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the way I do one thing is the way I do everything. So, mm-hmm. um, I might be slow to do things like say clean the house, but when I do clean the house, I get that shit done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where really fast. I'm like running laps around you, but those laps are messing up the house worse, cleaning it up even better. Messing it up worse, cleaning it up even better. And I do that like five times before you get around to messing it up once and cleaning it once. Yeah. So I'm doing like three times the work <laughs> in the same amount of time, which that can be good or bad. I think it's a waste of energy. But it energizes me to be that way. Yeah. It would stress me out if I were like you. <laughs> it would stress you out? It would drive me nuts. I don't understand how sitting on the couch and eating chips could stress you out. It's like the it's most so stressful, stressful to me. The most stressful free thing I can think about. Stress free. I get just like my heart starts palpitating thinking about doing it. Because when we were first dating, that I used to get caught in situations. Like I would be sleeping over your parents' house. And you, I'm somebody who wakes up at the crack ass of dawn and you do not. And I would sit there for like five hours just on my phone doing nothing, thinking about all the other things I could be doing right now <laughs> while you slept. For five hours? Yeah, I would get up at like five or six in the morning and you do not get up. You didn't back then. You did not get up until like noon. Till noon? That's, Come on. That's so true. So why wouldn't you sit mind. there? Why wouldn't you just leave? Because then you would be like, well, why are you leaving? But I'm sleeping. How would I? No, you, and then you would get mad if I would do that. You would get How mad. How would you know if I got mad? I never did it. Because you would text me. And yeah, I've done it like once or twice. And you're like, well, where'd you go? Or why are you leaving? Can't you just stay? <laughs> All right. This, and this, then you'd be like, I'm getting up. And then I would have to drag you out of bed. I, just for the record, I never woke up at noon. That's never a time that okay, I Okay, it's an exaggeration, up. but... Clearly. I wake up at, like, 8. Wake up at, like, 11.30. This is back when... This is back when we first started dating. Not now. Well... Now you're sleeping in is 8. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, I mean, Leo's definitely ruined my ability to sleep in. It's, like, not even possible anymore. I know. And we don't get to bed too early, either. That's gotta change. I don't know, I... Sleep schedule sucks. I think we get a total of like maybe six five hours. hours. Yeah, five, five hours. six hours. Uh, sleep. I th- I think that's the hardest part about parenthood and architecture school. Um, hey, I mean, I, me and you have this theory. I got a good amount of sleep in architecture school because of my work ethic. My yeah. work ethic was horrible. That's why I got a lot of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but also after we had Leo and you were working almost full time, going to school full time, and you were a new father who was up throughout the night with a crying baby, you couldn't have had more on your plate in one time. Yeah, that honestly, I... And you still slept. (laughs) I, I totally had to earn my last year of college. That was, what a crazy I mean, I skated, but I'm not going to lie. Those first two and a half, maybe three years, I really kind of skated by. 
you know, I was not doing, I was doing above the bare minimum, but I wasn't doing as much as everybody else because I was okay. You weren't with, a stellar student. I was okay with getting my B yeah. and getting my sleep. Yeah. Like people were obsessed with getting A's, which I wasn't. If I got a C, I wasn't going to cry about it because, hey, I passed. Yeah. And I wanted to pass, but not also sacrifice my mental and physical health by yeah. not sleeping. No, and me and you also have this theory that if you are pulling all-nighters, you're actually doing architecture school wrong. Well, I, <laughs> I'm not, like, saying that, per se. I'm just saying that if you're pulling all-nighters, I don't think you're utilizing your time correctly because... Um, you will not be as productive when you are past your 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. self. But well, that's what hit, I'm saying. Once if you hit 3 a.m., you're literally you're half dead. as efficient. You're <laughs> well, you're you're at least half as efficient as you are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at 8 a.m. in the morning. And honestly, even earlier. You can wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning, and you'll be more productive than you are staying up late past 3 a.m. And also, when you go to present off of zero hours of sleep you're not going to be able to do it your work's going to look like shit so it's actually more it's on more unproductive than it is productive to not sleep and i'm a huge advocate for sleep then and now i think that that's something that could have caught you and you know put sent you down a rabbit hole of terrible things but you prioritize sleep even during the craziest time of your life well the only time I guess I still, yeah, I still got sleep. You did when, not pull an all-nighter your senior year of architecture Yeah, that's, that's kind of amazing. With a newborn. And <laughs> you know what? I wasn't even pulling all-nighters when, like, before COVID hit, where I was still commuting um, an hour and a half to school. Three times a week, right? Three times a week. And yeah. then two days I was doing uh, online classes. But this was before COVID. So I was just taking, on, I was taking actually three online classes Mm -hmm. um and two in-person classes yeah for my senior year because i was making up credits for elect electoral or uh sorry uh um, electives electives yeah i was taking i was taking um those credits because i i like i said i was a horrible student for my first few years so i kind of just um didn't take a bunch of classes that i was supposed to so i had to make up for it at the most inconvenient time which is where i got what was coming to me (laughs) um and i did it i did it with with a child i did it during the covid pandemic and i i did it whenever i did it even before that too when everything when everything was still in person and then once it moved online it was even easier to get my sleep still but i don't know how i was still getting sleep when i was commuting that long because i had to go to sleep early and wake up kind of early still yeah time management is a skill that is probably one of the most important skills in life my dirty like secret is that i like secretly love when people ask me how do you have the time to do what you do and you know what i have to say is where you do you get extra time like you do actually get extra time because you you do wake up early in the morning and that is the secret so when i was commuting an hour and a half i would go i I um, signed up for all my classes to be at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. So I had ample time to wake up in the morning, do whatever homework I had to do because that was going to be my most efficient hours of the day. Yeah. So I would wake up probably around 8. That's like my special time. That's your time. natural time. Yeah. 
that's my natural time where I actually am like pretty much fully awake when I wake up at eight. If I wake up like six or seven, I'm really still groggy and I'm going to need coffee before I can do anything. It almost takes you past eight to actually shake it off. But the funny thing is when I wake up at eight, you're the bright eyed and bushy towel. When I wake up at eight, I don't even need coffee. Yeah. I don't ask Grace. I don't drink coffee on the weekends because I don't. Yeah, I don't it's your body's up. like natural rhythm. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's it just is the way you are, and I think your prime your like, um, preferred sleep time is like ten p.m. Like at night. Mm-hmm. I I say that's my ideal. My my yeah. preferred is probably around eleven because I'm trying to grab a couple of extra hours before I'm like incoherent. I get like I I really do get like zombified by like oh my god if I'm not drinking me. like if I'm drinking alcohol it's a little different but if I'm just like chilling I'm zombified by like midnight yeah I'm usually passed out on the couch by eleven my brain just stops working yeah so you know sleep was always a priority to you and it is so necessary I I don't think it's a good um, trap to fall down to get into like because i actually thought in the beginning of architecture school that not sleeping was like a cool thing to do and it was it was like it was fun i mean even just at that age yeah it's just fun to party all night or you you know to hang out in the studio all night with your friends yeah it's just cool staying up to see the next morning um but you kind of i think to be your best self your best student and your best worker it's best to just get some sleep your body needs to recover your brain yeah it's it's bad all around um i actually did a study on sleep when i was in college did it for my public speaking class oh really yeah sleep is is so vital and most people uh in professions like ours truly don't get enough sleep and it, it it also is true as you age and we're approaching we're still young but we're approaching the age where our sleep um duration is going to get lower Mm -hmm. so when you're like in your teens you still need like teens to early 20s you still probably need like eight to ten hours yeah it's a lot but not 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 early 20s but like you know when you're approaching your 20s you might still need them on sleep but now that we're teenager yeah now that we're mid we're approaching mid-20s our sleep duration is going down and we're parents so well that's what i was gonna say the most brutal part about parenting was those times when i just was sleeping max 30 minutes a night it felt like like that in the real in the beginning max 30 minutes at a time like it'd be like 30 minutes and then leo would wake me up i was getting cry need a diaper change i was getting like three hours at a time but i also don't wake up from every noise that he makes yeah, and also as you're going through um, just postpartum, whatever, you actually get insomnia. It can be like a symptom that you just have postpartum. And even right before you have the baby, I had a lot of insomnia. It was not because you're so uncomfortable. Yeah. So that was a hard time. That was a hard time. All right. So what else do we need to talk about today? <clears throat> Whatever you want to bring up next, doesn't matter. I know you had some points in your little book over there. <laughs> um, 
Well, we were just talking about how technology was something that was super important to personally invest in. And it's also something I think it's extremely important for firms to invest in because I think that it's undeniable at this point that the future of any profession is going down a more technological path. So on the point of technology, I really wanted to get into more about, because this is what fascinates me. And it is true, to your point, firms that, and and not even just architecture, just firms and businesses in general, um, but particularly in architecture, if you do not accept the new technology, you will eventually die out or at least dwindle down to the point where you're not getting big projects. You're, you're, you become maybe a specialized firm. Like I, I know there's firms that maybe they don't have the most updated technology, but they specialize in rendering or something. Yeah. Or yeah. a certain scope of a project. But you definitely will not be able to keep up with the pace. And you see businesses dying and other businesses growing and fields that are either accepting of the technology or not accepting. Now, on that point, I really am interested in what the future holds with new technology in the design field in general. And there's a lot, there's just a lot of stuff coming out. There's a lot of paths that I think our field could go down. Um, but I think, I, I think that, uh, just I, I, like it just fascinates me what what do you think the new standard is going to be say the next 10 years i absolutely feel like virtual reality is going to be a workplace standard well i really have i have high hopes for virtual reality i think that it could, one of two things it could be like the the standard for how we design like literally we could just be designing in virtual reality or it could be one of those things that maybe has some elements, but it dies out and it's not the most prominent thing. Maybe people still just stick to computer for the next 10 years or, or so on. But Think about how fast or how much has changed within the last 20 years within our field. I know it moves quickly. It's only more ex- going and at a more exponential the, rate the than The technology was. that virtual reality has. I mean, there are already programs. Like, I've, I've seen, I can't name one right off the top of my head, but I have seen one on LinkedIn where you can, um, it, and it's still a little glitchy at this point, but you can actually, like, manipulate walls and uh, uh, beams, like structural elements, and you can move structural elements architectural elements and like MEP stuff and you can move it around in, As if in you're three dimension the, in VR yeah that's absolutely what I have in mind when I say that VR is going to be integrated and into I, major firms so firms are or not firms but um companies are working on that type of VR technology uh, I don't know specifically uh, Autodesk is working on that stuff if they're not they're silly. I, th- I think they might have No, VR they might them. just buy out a company that already has it developed. I'm sure that they're working on it internally, at least a little bit. And there'll be some kind of acquisition. I, if they are working on it internally, which they should be at the very least, um, if they are, they're probably still planning on um, if something develops more than what... like, If something develops where it's the cutting edge, they probably will try to buy out that company no matter who it is. 
See, I believe that all buildings are going to want a 3D version of that building, and it's going to be all cloud-based. So I believe all hospitals are going to want not a three, um, like a digital file of that building up in a cloud somewhere. So let's just, you know, Strong Memorial Hospital, for example. Um, and, you know, 20 years from now, they on their servers are going to have, like in their facilities department, they're going to have this live cloud model of that building and every condition within that building. So whether it's like laser scan through a, um, a point cloud scanner and then uploaded to that cloud and then the architectural uh, teams go into that cloud and they manipulate it um, and they like extract the data. Like I, I you know what I think is going to be extinct is going places and physically measuring them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's extremely possible to have data records of your building that is completely virtual reality and you can have it like it stored on a cloud in a 3d like it's a 3d little bim model in a cloud on and they own it right and that that is going to um dramatically change the field because we like you said what what need will we have for field measurements none um existing conditions we won't have to we won't have to guess what a wall we won't have to take like sam honestly everything will be everything will be documented on the building even to the site work yeah on, and in live like file. progress of that can be documented in real time and then so say that this building has all of this documentation stored in a cloud mm-hmm. um and accessed e- easily uh streamlined to the software that the architect is using so that when they get a new project, say 20 years down the road, that building needs a renovation. That cloud model can get transmitted to the architect who can have all the building data from all the disciplines without having to sift through drawings. And right. it's already there. Think about how much time and money that'll save. How oh much quicker gosh. the design process will go. That's what I'm saying. I think that will drastically change Think about when you go and field measure how you could potentially be disrupting a NICU or an ICU or an emergency in a hospital. What do you think about? Like, you ne- that's shit is never closed down. So you have to go in and interrupt and well, have the place also vacated. Also think about the, the distance of where we could do projects. Uh, we can, True. We can oh do projects God. overseas without having to, to fly anyone out to go take any type of pictures or measurements. Yeah. In the age of COVID, I think that everyone's accelerated how comfortable they are with using softwares to connect with clients from anywhere. I mean, how are fees even going to be introduced anymore? Like, they're not going to be factoring in commute times. Like, let's say we work with a consultant out in Buffalo. Who's going to want to pay for that person to drive to Rochester and back for meetings weekly? And when you can just as easily have them on... Zoom conference, Zoom call, and it's you know I hate to say it, but a lot of these things we were advocating for before, like these these types of communication should have become obsolete sooner because we had the technology to to replace it. Like I, I'm not saying that let's get rid of all in person meetings. I love in person meetings. I think they're the most valuable type of meeting. They are, they but are. we do not need to have them at like on a weekly basis. On a weekly basis, it's we do our weekly meetings now at work. 
and you know because of covid we're still doing them at, on zoom even though that we're all in the office yep but it's just so we don't all have to gather into one room and you know it's kind of silly it does take up a little bit of time i feel like there's some um type of value to it where you can being in person you can talk without like or you can you can really it really helps to not interrupt people when you're in person because when you're on zoom call it's so easy to interrupt somebody or talk over somebody and not even know that they were talking in the first place mm-hmm. but it's um it's you know a lot harder to do that in person there's just more clarity but i don't think that like weekly meetings are so important that you need all that clarity like it might be important to have meetings with clients in person yes why can't you have you know once the whole coronavirus six feet apart is over why can't we have you know a zoom meeting in an office conference room and then have the camera on and anyone who can't be there presently like at the moment um they just remote in and they can see what's going on in the office conference room and still extract the same knowledge I think that is exactly what's going to happen. It's not that hard. Why were we not it, doing that? Well, before? we kind of were doing that in my office because oh, were you? we we had. I'm not speaking for my office, well, by the we, way. We have uh, an architecture department down in Florida, so the oh, Florida team. Oh, and you're team, collaborating with them. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, every meeting they're mm. they were on our calls. So um, before COVID, way before COVID, they were always they were always um skyping in. Oh wow. Yeah, and we would you know that's how we would talk to them, but. We always did Skype meetings with uh for, with our Florida department. We have we have departments. We have uh, offices in many other states too. So your office sat at a table and saw their office through like a TV or something. Yeah, it's just two people. To be fair, it was just two people down in Florida. Right. That are in the architecture department. We have more than just the architecture department. We have um, airport and stuff too down there. But um, yeah, I mean we were doing that before. COVID, so we had the means to do it. We weren't, so if people were like working, people rarely worked from home before COVID. Right. But if someone was, so if someone was sick, they're not gonna like zoom into our meeting because if someone's sick, they're just not. They're sick. They're just sick, yeah. So we never, we never utilized that for just people to be working from home. But now that it's more common for people to work from home, and I think that it makes more sense if, say, you have a meeting that you have to be at or a site visit. Um, in the afternoon, maybe you want to work from home in the morning, or even if you have an appointment in the afternoon, maybe it makes more sense to work from yeah. home in the morning and then come in after. Well, even how about this? So I've been really thinking about the coronavirus and how it's going to impact people because you know how any time you like cough or sneeze, you feel like all eyes are on you, no matter where you go. It's like anytime you cough or sneeze, you feel like well, very I feel, uncomfortable I feel in public very comfortable. nowadays. In my cube, I feel very isolated. And I feel very comfortable not, you know, when I sneeze or cough, I let it out. I don't even get, there's no one by me, so. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying, does isn't it, it's so much different nowadays when somebody coughs or sneezes, you kind of look around and you're like. <gasps> well, yeah, when someone sneezes. There's a different hype about it now than there ever if was. If someone coughs into their sleeve, I'm fine. But if, when someone sneezes, I'm pretty much just like, oh, whatever you got, I definitely just got it. Like, there's no, like. I don't believe that you can suppress a sneeze very easily. No, I'm just saying, in the age <laughs> of the coronavirus, don't you feel like there's a lot more paranoia around this yeah, that's issue? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, when someone when someone so, sneezes, I'm like, they if they got the corona, I just got it because yeah, like, it's sneezes just, travel so far. But that's why I feel like nowadays it's going to be so much more accepted to stay at home if you have like the sniffles or something and work 
because people are so paranoid. Well, people are very now they're very hyper aware. And of, work from home capabilities are there. Of just contagious viruses. I mean, people used to take it as nothing when you were like you would have a cold. Like mm-hmm. You would have a cold, and then you would. You would people come would in still go to work, and, and then you would get every or class, and you would get everyone else sick, and nothing bothers me yeah, more than I, that. I, yeah, that happened I, almost every time I got sick was from someone coming in when they shouldn't have come in. And it's like you know that's just what the culture was across the board. Maybe it's extremely special because we live in New York. I don't know if that mentality kind of carries up throughout upstate. Um, but I'm just glad that the culture shifted because I felt like. When you were sick, it was like, if you weren't like, like falling Throwing over, <laughs> yeah, like if you weren't like sick to the point where it was like you were feeling unwell, like you weren't just like had like had a stuffy runny nose or some shit, um, you would, you know, that would be the only thing that took you out of work. Like if if you just had like a regular cold, I felt like, especially I don't know, I maybe mean, I'm just speaking for myself, but if I had just like a regular cold. I would just go into work and I would just try to keep it to myself. Yeah. But now I feel like if I had a regular cold, I don't really think I would go into work. <laughs> because No, I but want... I feel like it's a good thing. I feel like it's a good cultural shift. And I just wanted to comment on how hopefully this encourages people to stay home and just recover. Also, just take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't mean to jinx this, but I don't think I've, I've gotten sick throughout this entire pandemic with like anything. I mean, it's probably because I'm being extra cautious with washing yeah. my hands and um, I'm just being more health conscious in general. I'm trying to take my vitamins. I wouldn't take vitamins before the pandemic. No, it's actually made us a lot more health conscious in that way. I had like a sinus infection a couple weeks ago. And mm-hmm. of course, I get struck with like quarterly I migraines. I didn't know you had a sinus infection. I don't know if it, it was. I didn't go to the doctor or anything. Well, I think... I just had like a st- I was stuffed up and just needed to take sinus things. infections were pretty painful. Mm, not really. I mean, you got headaches. Well, I've had a really bad sinus infection before. Yeah. I've had really like I've had times where I've had really bad mucus buildups. Like I've gotten pretty sick. I used to get sick a lot because I wouldn't take care of my health in high school. No, and you probably ate a lot of sugar. Yeah, I ate a lot. Well, honestly, when I was eating, I was more well because it was when i was not eating like during wrestling mm, and i would get yeah. sick i would get sick from also not sleeping very well i wonder I if you gave sick. yourself the keto flu what this and year? you didn't even know it in high school oh probably well i would also get sick in college i was eating okay so that at that time i was eating absolute junk but i think i was getting sick from pulling on lighters i got really sick that's why I stopped pulling well, all nighters. Well, all you eat is vending machine food when you pull an all-nighter, so... Well, yes, and I would drink lots of energy drinks to keep myself awake. Mm, my God. But, yeah, I stopped pulling all-nighters after my freshman year because I, I remember my final project after... I stayed up for, like, two days. Yeah, I've stayed up, I think, for... I think I went on to, like, three days was my max. Jeez. It's like two days and I then I got gotten, to that night. Well, for like the entire week, I was getting barely any sleep. But for two days, I think I got like a total of two hours of sleep. And that third day, um, I slept for like the entire day probably. And I remember waking up um, just wrecked. Like uh, my nose was completely stuffed. I was like 
You're I in a delirious look, state. I didn't look well. My eyes had like tons of bags. I was turning pale. Um, and I was just, I just felt like that, that was horrible. It felt like a hangover. Like a really bad hangover. Being tired like that, like I said, the only thing I felt parallel to it is the extensive amount of un- of interrupted sleep and parenthood. Because in architecture school, you know, you do you do that once, but then you can sleep and not have to be worried about being bothered. As a parent, you can you never catch up on that sleep. Oh, you're just it makes going you, and going. Definitely makes you appreciate sleep a lot more. You're so delirious because you know how valuable your sleep is when it could be taken from you. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a child, appreciate your sleep that you have right now because. It's not even like we're being dramatic. I used to gaff at people who were, um, people would always say, ah, get ready for no sleeping, ha ha ha. Well, yeah, I know it's cliche to say it, but. I just wanted to to shake those people and be like, I went through architecture school, I know. No, you didn't know because it's just a different type of not sleeping it never it, stops. it's the not sleeping where you don't know when the next time you'll get a good night's sleep is <laughs> yeah it's and leo's no a good. good sleeper so i couldn't imagine what it's like with someone who's not i know luckily he stopped feeding in the middle of the night a long time ago and he sleeps through the night pretty well but i remember the very first time he slept throughout the night and it had been a couple months since i had gotten a full night's rest and that felt like heaven. Also, every night feels like heaven because we got a new mattress and we upgraded from the full-size mattress that all three of us were sleeping on. Yeah, I love our mattress. I think memory foam is the way to go. Honestly, like I said, sleep is so important. And we've really made sure our sleeping environment is pretty ideal with our mattress. We got a king (laughs) memory foam mattress. We have a really nice, like, down comforter. It's it's perfect. All right, what time is it? It's getting pretty late, huh? Yeah. Um. So I think we touched on a lot of points today. I I definitely wanted to talk just a little bit more, maybe about the future of technology. So like, we, we talked a little bit about how virtual reality is probably going to become the new norm. Yeah, but, that's what my guess would be. But I think within at least the next couple of years, uh, I think, I think uh, what's the rep? It's BIM 360, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that, the cloud-based software. I think that's good. I think it's becoming the new standard. And it's still I mean, we're we're on it at our work. So we can still like we don't have uh like three sixty cloud. But if someone sends us a cloud model, we could still access it. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the reason why we haven't switched over to it because I, I know there's a lot of useful collaboration mm-hmm. um things through it, and I think it would be a lot helpful because every time that our consultant. MEP, so we have our MEP consultant actually uses 360. Okay. Oh, so they send it, they send us the models, but we have to just download it as a link, and yep. then we link it into our project, and then it, you know, mm. it, it it's not as um, it's not as seamless as the collaboration would be if we were just working in the same model. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where I think it's heading. I think it's going to be like, ultimately we'll be working in the same model. Yes, that's what I'm saying. One cloud-based model that all the consultants work together in. Yes. And that you get conflict like awareness immediately. That's what we need for sure. I mean, we have that internally when we because we can work on models internally, and we'll you know we'll figure out things within we'll we'll be working on the same model within our own department. Yeah. But if we were able to work on the same model with well, structural was working on it, which technically could, but it's definitely not as seamless with working in it in Revit. Um, like just on, um, you know, I think that the hospitals are going to request that because they're going to request that their central model gets updated in like these patch jobs. Well, I think, I think that clients are having that from certain, um, certain firms. Do you, do you, uh, your firm, do you, um, provide a BIM 360 model for your clients? No. Not for our clients. It's do you... You don't um, provide them any type of BIM? Um, I... I... I don't know enough yet about the, the firm. Oh. I have not... I've only been there um, a certain amount of time that is not long enough to see that whole process. Yeah. Through. That was, that was definitely more common for, like, hospitals, right? Um... I think, like I said, that's the direction hospitals are going, is that they'll request. I mean, the hospital, when I used to work for hospitals, they would have their own facilities department who would essentially have their own BIM manager working there. It That was the job title, was a BIM manager. And he would probably coordinate all of the files that they had on file. And, you know, anytime we needed a floor plan of an existing portion, we would just request it and they would send it to us. So, yes, we did, it, but that was all in AutoCAD. But like I said, I think that times are changing and tides are turning. I think that we're going into BIM as the standard. Yeah, I hope that. In cloud-based models in particular. Yeah, I, you know, I really, I truthfully do think that that's where we're heading. I, I'm been kind well i haven't really been trying to advocate i'm gonna i'm gonna try to advocate for it more at my firm i just have i'm still doing my research on it to see if it's Mm -hmm. something that's really worth uh presenting to my boss as something that we should invest in i'm sure they already know about it Mm -hmm. and i'm sure they've been lectured on it before so i i brought it up to it yeah and for some reason they just they made it seem like a wouldn't be an easy transition to move from service to cloud-based models but i'm like i don't think it i think you might be misunderstanding what bim 360 is yeah i don't know all the ins and outs but i do know that you have to have a manager of it who lets you in you can't so you know how on the server that you probably have all of your revit files that have been worked on ever are housed on that server and you right. could access any one of them. Right. When you transition a BIM 360, it's not like that. Oh. And you have to ask for permission for anything you want to get into, even if you're just referencing the Revit model. You have to ask for permission? From Only who? once. Not every time you want to do it. 
But yeah, you have to ask for permission. Who owns the permissions to it? The bin manager of the office. Hmm. At least that's... I don't know how much I can really say, but at least that's the model that I've seen. That's interesting. Other I, firms I guess might... I always thought about it as you would still be able to have a link to the model on your servers. I don't know. I guess I'm not I'm not savvy enough in 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 uh, IT to to quite understand that. Yeah. But I thought that you would still have access to the model through your servers, but you would just work on it through cloud. I don't know. I guess that doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. So how do you how do you go to access a cloud model? Uh, as soon as I open up the Revit uh, interface, it's right there. All your BIM three sixty projects. What show do you up. mean exactly? Like how do you how to how do you access a new project if you're going to like go into your files to open a project you haven't worked on before? First, you have to ask for permission from your man, the BIM manager, and he will put you on that project, and then it'll start to show up in your side. Um, oh, oh, I see. So it's kind of like how, just like a cloud storage works. Like yeah, um, I'm think I'm thinking of like Google, um, like Google cloud. Docs. Yeah, like yeah. That's interesting. That's a like I I don't know. That's a that is the way where technology is heading. Mm-hmm. So I think that whether or not now whether or not things do shift over to to virtual designing, that like I think cloud um, storage in general is the way of the future. It's a lot faster. But I, from my understanding, isn't working on um, working on projects in the cloud or storing things in the cloud, isn't it just storing it on servers in a remote location? Yeah, you. I know so little about IT that I truly don't understand. Are they how just? It could yeah, be. I don't. I'm just spitballing here, but are they like servers with more processing power or something? Couldn't you just upgrade your servers and then have all that work internally? Like I don't. I'm not too. I'm not. I think I guess the cloud is just a. It's also a way of transferring information better yeah some for some reason (laughs) i think you can access it anywhere without being in work or vpning in right that's a huge benefit for Mm -hmm. for because the vpning costs licenses costs money to have licenses to do that I mean, I don't know. It all depends on the contract that the firm has with that How, company. It's just so weird. But, okay, so couldn't you theoretically still work in a cloud-based format with the internal servers that you have at your office? You are asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to bring these questions up to IT. But in short, I do think that that for... For reasons of per, like of the future progression of our of architecture mm-hmm. and design, I think that that's where our field is heading. I think that things are going to be three dimensional. No longer we're, we're already moving over to BIM products, and we have been there for at least the last ten years. That's why I say ten to twenty years from now, 
it's going to be VR where you can physically enter the space and be in that space and push and pull walls virtually. I mean, kind of, you can still do those things in 3D on a two-dimensional screen. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's as as three-dimensional uh, archi- um, three-dimensional art and three-dimensional programs evolve and become better. I honestly question whether or not reality is just going to move over to I virtual really, reality. I wonder if we're already in one. All right, let's not go down this rabbit hole quite yet. <laughs> But I am definitely, I am like, so like this is thing. These these are things that um, keep me up at night, thinking yeah. about what's gonna happen in the future. I think that it would be to not give technology enough credit to think that that's not where we would be in ten to twenty years. I think life will be unrecognizable because I think it's an exponential growth, and I think that firms and us we need to keep up. So with trying to keep the conversation on the topic of design or in architecture, um, how do you think AI is going to come into play to change our fit? Because AI, AI is inevitable. It, we're, already, we're already deal with AI on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. Oh, whether you have realized it yet or not. I mean, AI is here to stay and it's evolving. I wonder how it's going to come in to play in design because... I think voice is next voice voice technology is going to be the next technology to integrate in offices yeah oh well yes i can see where i i see what you're saying where it will that that's going to be something that's just in businesses in general mm-hmm. but when I, what i'm concerned about and i i i truly am optimistic about this but when they make ai that knows how to be creative that's scary. I mean, I know they're already working on technology where AI can make music. Yeah. So, if AI can make music, AI can design buildings. And I wonder... And AI can AI can paint pictures. Like, AI can do all creative stuff. Will be able to. It can already 3D print, so... It can... I mean, like, that itself will so make... It's scary. It it can could make it, and this is why right, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get into the economy, but I I do think that at some point AI will take over a lot of jobs, and I like not that I, not that I don't think that there will be jobs still. I'm just thinking that um, AI can render a lot of current jobs useless overnight. Yeah, and if if uh, CEOs and businesses choose to invest in AI over humans because the job is simple. I think a lot of people are, a lot of people will lose jobs just because of AI in general. But I wonder how long it's going to take to get to design, and if ultimately people will prefer human design. If human design will be more valuable than AI design, I think it'll turn into a vintage thing. I think that it'll turn into something like, who shines shoes anymore? Nobody. I'm concerned about, and I know this is this is obviously a cliche from any sci-fi book ever, but I'm scared of the robots taking over. I think that they will. 
I think mm-hmm. that if we don't, if we just step back and let technology progress on its own, I think that eventually artificial intelligence will be like, what What do we need humans for? Obviously, we're going to be insignificant compared to them. When Maybe they, that's what it was always supposed to do, though. Maybe we, des- we were supposed to just sit back and do nothing about it. Once we design AI that has human emotions, we're screwed. <laughs> Once they are able to think and feel for themselves and... Why don't you think that they would like us? Or uh, I don't, think, and I don't think that they wouldn't us. like us, but I think that they will be intelligent enough to know that they're, they have the upper hand. Because they will have the upper hand. I well, who knows? They're not going to have animalistic tendencies. Um... I guess it depends the way that depends the way that they're designed. But that's what I'm saying is if they have human emotions, then they will have some sort of. But even if they do tendencies. have human emotions, they'll still be artificial. I guess I don't know. I don't like. Who knows? I don't know. But who? It also, it could, it's possible it could go down the route that artificial intelligence becomes indistinct indistinguishable from human beings so like robots robotic people just artificial people they don't even have to be robots they could just be artificial people mm-hmm. um, they're not really gonna look like people either by the way we have it in our head that an artificial like ai is just somebody who's like aerodynamically exactly like us and like well no i think that no. I, I feel like an artificial person will be the will be how do i put this you think that's the they'll end goal? be crafted to be the ideal looking person you think well if it's made by people and people are incredibly egotistic <laughs> especially if like say you can take your soul and put it into an artificial body how many people do you think are going to want to put their soul into the version of themselves that they wish they could be? <laughs> if that's ever possible. I don't know if you can download consciousness and transfer it into an artificial body. I don't know if that's ever... That's like a black mirror episode right there. But I don't know. I don't know if that's ethical. How, you don't think it's ethical? I don't know. I think it crosses the line. I think we but should just in a, live in our lives. In a future where robots and artificial intelligence are normal not going to say that they're running the world that's just picture a world where they're just where they just coexist with us um you think it's going to be not normal to download your consciousness and put it onto an artificial body where you're immortal not normal i think i don't think it's moral well why don't you think it's moral because I think that we as humans are just nature, and it's not our job to do that. Our job is to just exist in nature and be good for the sake of being good. That starts to mess with, like, are you, are you just playing God at that point? While I agree on that point, I don't think that people are going to think that way. I think some people will. Sure. I I mean, like, I probably wouldn't ever... Actually, I, I truly don't think I would ever want to live forever, just in general. Me either. I, I want to... 
live i want my life, life to be lived special. naturally but i do think that people will i i think a large amount of people will want to upgrade their bodies if they can i mean like just that's just human nature i feel like given yeah, the technology no people will be curious enough to try it out say you know if, what if you what if it happened gradually what if you just um it already is what if you started by getting like robotic legs to make you walk better or you got like let's um, say it's actually an ethical parts. surgery though and somebody who's deaf can start to hear now because they have a transplant someone, or blind and they can they see get new eyeballs and they're they essentially you know that's not an that's not a natural part that's artificial it's you're technically like part robot well exactly that's why i'm, I'm insinuating maybe it could happen over time to the point where it's like you're all robot <laughs> Like, well, one point, what, if they can take all of your, if they can take all of your body parts, except for your brain, if your brain is the only natural part of you left, are you still a person? Or are you a robot? You're like 95% robot. You're a percentage. You're not, it's not a yes So you think your brain is what makes you human though? I don't think it's the only thing that makes you human. I think that you're just a percentage of a human. So, if you took somebody's, hypothetically, let's say someone who... If you took their vital organs... You took their brain out and you put it into a robot and their brain operated that robot, would you think that that was a person? They're a percentage of a person. I just, I feel like that's still a person. It's not an absolute... (laughs) That's so... doesn't have to be an absolute That's either. a very creepy thought. All right, on that note, I think that we've... I think that we've... Um, it's time for bed. rabbit holes. I think it's time <laughs> to conclude. So we can get our sleep, so we can kick ass tomorrow on our jobs, parenthood, relationship-wise, side hustles. We gotta clean the house. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get our rest. Hey, so uh, thank you all for listening again. Uh, Please go follow us at the Human Factor blog on Instagram. Also, check out our new Etsy page. Rest Decor. Rest Decor. Right? Rest Decor. Okay. I can't even spell it. Rest Decor. Yeah, that's it. Rest Decor. Um, Yeah, go check that out, please. Um, Also, if you want to donate to us. You can check the link in our bio. Yeah, link in our Spotify bio. Oh, in Spotify. Follow us on Spotify. We don't have a YouTube channel yet, but I think that we're going to... In the works. I think we'll be, <laughs> we'll be uh, uploading these to YouTube in the future just to add more streaming platforms. I, I yeah, like, and Apple Podcasts. I've yeah. had some requests Yeah, I like Spotify, that. but we could also add it to Apple Podcasts. I've had some people requests. People prefer to listen, to listen to their podcasts through that, and we will also be adding it to YouTube, so... Check out for The Human Factor. Uh, We'll see you all next time. And thanks for listening. See you later.